never heard of a gathering or a party quite like the way Liz does them. It's Robin Liz in the morning, his radio. I have not had one of these yet, but I want to so badly. It's a favorite things party. It's kind of like a cookie swap, but you bring your favorite things, like your favorite gadgets uh, or technology or tool that you use, and you share it with everybody else. What do you mean share? Okay, so at a cookie swap, you might bring a couple of dozen cookies, and when everybody goes to leave, you get several cookies from each tray so that you take home lots of different types of cookies. Well, so you this bring works. a gadget and they take yes. it home? Yes. Home? Yes. It's theirs. Like, you bring extras. And so, okay, one of my favorite gadgets right now, I would call it a gadget, kitchen gadget, it's a double boiler pot that has a hook on it so you can just use any pot that you have at your house. And it costs about $8 for that pot. So I would bring, and you don't want to have a lot of people at this thing because you'll go broke, but <laughs> you can invite three or four people. And so you've spent maximum, you know, $25, $30. And everybody gets to take a gadget home, but you get gadgets too because everybody brings them. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> so do you have a favorite tool or piece of technology You're or something? in it? Why? I'm it's not mine. saying. No, well, not yours. Nobody wants your AirPods. <laughs> and I wouldn't bring AirPods anyway. But just something that you say, look, this has made my life better, more fun, whatever. I'd bring my treadmill. So if you're going to bring up a treadmill to the party. I, no, I'm not because somebody's going to take it. I'm inviting you. I'm like, yes. no, somebody's going to take it. No, you have to buy extras. You buy extras. I can't afford that many treadmills. That's what I'm saying. You bring a small gadget or a small tool. Like, a, I don't know. What do you work on? I know you're a tech guy, but like, is there a certain screwdriver that you use that? I bring my tools. My goodness. Why am I going to bring my tools? Those are uh, my. Someone help me. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. I need a different idea for a party other than this give away your gadgets thing. That is just, I don't know. Give away your, so, okay, so Terry, <laughs> you're on his radio. What is your idea? It was in college, and we came as our favorite uh, biblical character and how they would dress for Christmas in our time. Oh, so, so who were you, and how did you dress? I ended up being Noah. And why I did know, I have no, no idea. <laughs> and uh, I found a fish hat or something. And wore that on my head. That's great. I just, I just enjoy Christmas. I never have been to a bad Christmas party because I love Christmas so much. Well, you are very fortunate to not go to a dud one and you went to the good ones. Well, it's not a dud when I hit that, when I go there. I make sure it's not a dud. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. Absolutely amazed how smart Liz Riles is. I mean, check this out. It's Rob and Liz in the morning, his radio. Liz is going to tell you how you can accomplish time travel. Liz? Okay. Um, I'll try. <laughs> I don't understand completely. But there let's just say, let's just say, Rob, uh, we are, you know, beside each other. You decide to sit down. I decide I'm going to clean up. I'm going to move around. Okay. In perspective, time is passing slower for you than it is for me. My time is passing faster, and therefore I'm time traveling. According to one recent theory. Um, what? <laughs> I know, right? So they're saying that astronauts 
in on the International Space Station are actually moving a lot faster than we here on planet Earth are moving. And so uh -huh. they are time traveling, but they are time traveling uh -huh. because they are moving faster than we are. What? What? I'm telling you, this is Einstein's relativity, which I don't know what that is. But anyway, <laughs> that's how time travel in this time theory. Travel? In this theory, it's about perspective. So, okay, if you're bored. But he's going faster than that. So the guy who's doing 90 down the interstate is time traveling? Come on. Sort of. If you're, if you're in no. the far right lane going 35, he's getting there faster. This is not Liz Ryle's theory of relativity because, my goodness, I don't even understand that. But this is the theory is Come that, on. listen, if you are bored, if you're doing nothing and you're bored, does time not just drag and drag and drag and drag? Because you're sitting around doing nothing. Okay. That's not okay. time traveling. So it's time a state traveling of traveling is going back to 1955 and watching <laughs> the bell ring. It's hopping in your DeLorean and Doc going to gigawatts, you know? You're going back to the future. Look, on, that's time travel. It's not what, going faster than somebody else by 20 but, miles an hour. Come on. It's, it's called, listen, it even has a term. It's called free will time travel right <laughs> right that's not gonna get you 20 years down the road in an instant Come i'm gonna go clean the kitchen so i can time travel you're listening to rob and liz in the morning his radio it's rob and liz in the morning his radio and it's that time of year we all probably at least most of us think about a fresh start last day of the year is saturday Rob, you are the fitness guru. No, I'm not. So, yes, you are. No, not anymore. Any, listen, anytime I have a question like, do how do I do this move or what should I eat? Like you have the answers. No, not really. I mean, I look like the Pillsbury Doughboy again. You stop I mean, it. No, seriously, I do. But I've learned some things along the way. I mean, it was 2005 that I had to lose a lot of weight. I was over 300 pounds. And so I learned a few things because I did get healthy and I learned how to eat right. Um, surgery is what did it to me a couple of years ago. So now that I'm a little bit older, 2005 was a long time ago, I'm going back to the basics myself when it comes to fitness. So with, with 2023 coming up this weekend, I'm like, okay, let me make some goals again because that's what helps me when it comes mm -hmm. to Fitness and, and fitness, I don't know. I think of fitness, and I don't know if you're like this, but I think of the healthiest person with rock hard solid abs, you know, the magazine thing or what you see on Instagram, mm -hmm. which is not real. Right? It could <laughs> be only, Photoshop for all we know. <laughs> people can do that. Not everybody. I never had rock solid abs, never, but I was fit. And so when I think about fitness, I think about, you know, the gym and working out all the time and doing things you don't like to do all the time. And one of the things that I've learned is that when it comes to being healthy, let's put fitness out of the way. How about just being healthy? When it comes to being healthy, it's all in the kitchen and what you're putting in the pie hole, you know? <laughs> and not pie. <laughs> And, and not all the pie that we've had <laughs> throughout the Christmas season. Right. And there was a lot of it. The oatmeal cookies, the fudge. <laughs> and I'm just talking about the His Radio Kitchen. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my word. There was so much. Yeah, thank you, Mama Liz, for all the treats. She does bring in a lot of treats. She does. <laughs> and so I have house. to think, seriously, I have to think about making some goals. For me, goals has to be number one in the kitchen because it's about 80 to 85% of what, 
healthiness is all about, is what we're putting into the body. And one thing that really helps me is that it's if I'm putting things that are God-made in my body, I'm a lot better off than man-made, all the processed stuff, you mm-hmm. know, because that processed stuff, especially the chips, hello, Doritos, I do love you. I do love you, sour cream and onion chips, but it's, no, we got to break up. Yeah, Sorry. I know. Dear John. Dear John to the Doritos. (laughs) Exactly. I love chips way too much. I'm Uh, sorry. I do. If it's crunch, I do. So i got to replace it with carrots to crunch and stuff like that. But here's a couple of things that help me track the progress. And so I have an app. And so I put all the food that I have into an, an app, and it helps me. And I move at least 30 to 45 minutes a day, and it helps me. Now, I still look like Tubby Monk. Stop it. No, seriously. I, I know. Hey, listen, I, I know reality and I see myself in the mirror, but I'm doing something about it. Right. So it won't be tubby mug for long. It'll be chunky <laughs> chunk. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So if I track my progress, it really helps out. And finding something that I like to do. Now, you'll never see me do jazzercise. Oh, I'm come sorry. on. No. Get the leg warmers. Do the thing. I will never do jazzercise. And so. <laughs> Don't neither that, although I have a lot of friends that like the Zumba. Yes. I like kickboxing. So, but I have in my garage just a set of weights. There's a treadmill that's there. I've got a punching bag. Boy, that's great for stress relief. I think about people and I punch them. People are things, right? Or situations. And it's right there on it. It's right there. Gets (laughs) Gets out so much stress. But as long as I'm moving, I'm doing a little bit of strength um, and I'm eating the right stuff. I mean, that really helps out. And and I have to make some goals. Like if I want to do a 5k, I got to find a 5k. I like to ride a bike. So if I find a cycling event, you know, those kind of things. So at least that helps me. I don't know what helps you, but at least that helps me. But I think the biggest thing for little tubby monk here is that I got to watch it in the kitchen because yeah. if I don't, I just sabotage all the hard work that I do, you know, working out. Well, and that's the thing. You know, it's not easy to make those choices and those changes, but nothing worth having has ever been easy. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning on his radio. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. It sounds like to me, Liz is a Blue's Clues fan. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. My son and I, Spencer, watched that and we had notebooks. Yeah, no, no, you didn't. You had the handy dandy notebook. That's right. I forgot. That's what it's called. The handy dandy notebook. We both had our own from Blue's Clues, so we'd go around oh, and make so clues. All oh, that stuff. I wish I could find where I did or where I put mine, because I'd grab oh. that thing out. So many great memories. Well, Steve, original host of Blue's Clues, he's he just posted a picture of him and somebody that he was with two decades ago, which was Brandon. Brandon was a patient as a kid from Make a Wish. And Brandon's love was Blue's Clues, and he always wanted to meet Steve. And so Steve, two decades ago, 20 years ago, met Brandon as he was a little boy. They had a picture taken. And now, here it is 22 years later, and Steve and Brandon just reunited. There were tears in their conversation. It was so beautiful. And then they reenacted that that post. Steve is bald. (laughs) He is. That's the takeaway. Steve is bald. What happened to all his hair? But I thought that was just so beautiful that they were able to have that moment again two decades later and how Brandon's doing fine now. Yeah. And that's the, I think, yeah, that's the point is like, you know, they met because it was, it was a wish that the Make a Wish Foundation makes to kids who, um, have life threatening diseases. And 
two decades later, he's thriving, which is such an encouragement and, and shares such hope with anyone that's walking that same path right now. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. Uh, my boys, they are 19 and 21 years old. Do not make phone calls. If, if they want to order a pizza, they will not make phone call. They will text me and ask me to call and what? order the pizza. Right? I'm like, make a phone call. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Will they FaceTime or Zoom or do not, a video? Not by choice. Like, I can get them to do something like that, and if they have to do it for a class or, or whatnot, sure. My daughter, who's 26... Mm-hmm. she'll FaceTime every time that she calls. It's always a FaceTime. It's never just a telephone call. Yeah, my daughter will do that, but the boys don't seem to at all. And and it seems to be a thing. There's even a lady, her name's Mary Jane, and girl saw an opportunity. Here's what she's doing. She found out there's something called phone phobia for Gen Z and millennials. And she is hosting day-long conferences, webinars, one-on-one counseling, to help those two generations really? kind of get past. Yes. Listen, I'm thinking side hustle here because I know how to talk on the phone. She does. This, <laughs> right? We're off the phone. Yeah. This for a very long time. I will. I'll just keep t- saying things. This lady charges for one hour $480. Get out. I am, I am serious. If she does a day-long conference and there's a couple of Gen Zs, a couple of millennials, whatever, it's $3,500 to teach how to talk on the phone and not be afraid of talking on the phone, not having that fear. She must be spectacular at what she, she does. better be spectacular. <laughs> For that much money? Come on. I mean. Come on. You fake know, news. Come on. It's got to be fake news. It's not fake news. It's not. She's. This is not even a side hustle. This is her thing. But I'm going to tell you, I will do it for half the price. You oh. got a Gen Zer that can't talk on the phone. Have him call Mama Liz. Is it really a phobia or you just don't know how? You know, I think one thing that I saw was it is a phobia because the Gen Z and millennial are afraid of looking inept. Huh? Looking, yeah. Having a conversation, e- just literally picking up the phone and just talking. But they're, the thing is, they say, well, what if they ask me something I don't know the answer to? Well, that's the same as a face-to-face conversation. You just say, I don't know the answer to that or, you know, whatever. Tell me more about this so I know more. What? Yeah. Something to that up here. I'm I don't just know why. You. It's just, okay. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I need help in understanding this. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. I can't believe they actually have these again. Well, here's Mike. He's just driving down the neighborhood. The dude lives in Philly, and he sees in somebody's lawn a payphone. So weird. I don't even know if you know what a payphone is. <laughs> They're old-fashioned. They used to be all over the place in cities, even at convenience stores on the outside, where you go up, you put in a quarter that used to be a dime, and then you pick up this thing called a receiver, put it up to your ear, and then dial out, and you talk to somebody on the phone. <gasps> Gads, what technology, huh? So yeah. this guy sees a payphone in somebody's lawn. He's thinking they should bring these things back. By yeah. golly, 
I'm going to bring them back. So he's he's trying to get this initiative to put. He's going to start in Chinatown in Philadelphia, and start putting some payphones up. He says it's about three hundred dollars to a thousand bucks to get that chunk of metal and put it up there and have it be a working phone again. Three, you can do that for three hundred dollars. Well, this guy can. Wow, because I mean the wiring and the you know all the technology that even goes with a payphone. I don't know. I just thought it would be a lot more. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's uh, cost effective. I don't know. Yeah, but who'd use them? That'd be my first thought. Who in the world would use those things? And like your your cell phone dies and you go, oh, let me use one of those things. Right. Then you got to find change unless you can swipe a card. Yeah, I think that's the phone, although your phone is dead. So forget (laughs) that. Well, I do think if if pay phones came back, you are correct, Rob. They would need to have a swipe effect or a swipe uh, choice to be able to put your credit card in. For the plastic, yeah. Yeah, he'd have to. Mm-hmm. So huh. we'll see how it goes, but he's trying to have the payphone to make a comeback. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. You've heard this. If pigs could fly. Yeah. It's Rob and Liz in the morning, his radio. And it's a well-known fact. And this is like worldwide. It's a known fact that pigs can protect airports. Pig. Is it well known? Yeah. And I'm talking farm. I'm talking pigs. I'm talking the oink oinks. Oink oink. Real live pigs can save airports. They can protect airports. They can protect the skies of the airports. I'll give you a case in point. Amsterdam. They have pigs at the Amsterdam airport. Why? Because there's geese. And why geese? I don't know. There might be a nice lake. But when they go up into the air, when the airplanes are taken off, 150 um, encounters with geese and airplanes. And so they got pigs. And since they have pigs on the grounds of their airport, no more geese. Isn't that wild? Uh, What they did, they gave them a couple of acres to eat on, the pigs, that is. And when they've eaten all the plants, I mean, pigs are not particular they'll pretty much eat anything that's there so Mm. they're they're getting the plants they're getting everything that that's available on the ground there and the geese are like well they didn't leave anything for us pigs and they flew away somewhere else you ate like a pig there's nothing around so and it's working because now the geese are not at that airport in amsterdam and they're not having all these geese and airplane encounters which can be pretty dangerous Oh, it can. That's actually a bird strike is what happened. Have you ever saw that movie, uh, Sully? You know, oh, I mean, it's over Hudson. I mean, that yes. was that actually happened. Yes. And it was a bird strike. That's exactly what happened. And so uh, ever since, like like you say, Rob, ever since they've put the pigs out by the airport, there haven't been any of those issues. So yeah, it's working. Else. Yeah, it's working. I'm thinking of hiring pigs. Oh, wait a minute. I'm one. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. Joey is uh, someone that works in a theater in Buffalo, New York. Now, Joey has some mental disabilities, and um, he got scared last weekend when it was so cold. You know, Friday, Saturday, Christmas Eve, it was so, so cold. Big blizzard coming through most of the country. So um, he had been at work. He got scared because he first went outside and it was so cold. He went back into the theater and he stayed there, but he he decided he wanted to go back home mid-morning. So this is like three, four o'clock in the morning. He leaves and he gets stuck in the snow. 
Oh, no. Yeah, he falls down. He gets stuck in the snow. He's disoriented. He doesn't know where he is. So Shakira and her husband are at home, and they heard somebody crying out for help. They heard Joey crying for help. They go outside of their house. He doesn't know really who he is at that point, where he is, and they they try to figure it out. But in the meantime, they get him warm. They get him in their home. They feed him some soup, some coffee, get him warmed up, um, and he he's in trouble at this point. He has frostbite. So Shakira digs through all of his identification. She finds a phone number. It's his sister. So Christmas Eve, his sister gets a call from Shakira and Shakira says, I have your brother. Can you come get him? Sister couldn't go get him because she also is stuck at home because of the snow. Couple of hours pass. EMS is called. EMS shows up. They get him to the hospital. He's recovering now. So he's doing a whole lot better. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I'm glad that couple was there to help. And that they decided to do something about it. They're just as cold. You know, they're in their house. They could have just said, oh, it's probably nothing. You know, we don't need to investigate or whatever. But they decided to go out and get involved. And I love that about this couple. Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. Just eat the Christmas tree. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. This is crazy. Uh-huh. They, they say, hey, they infuse syrup and vinegar with, you know, trees anyway. I mean, I can see that part. I, I, I actually can. It's high in vitamin C. Didn't know that. Citrusy and delicious. Mm. Okay. Yeah. They say yeah. throw it on salads. It's culinary ash is what it is. Instead of salt. It seasons it. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's even a cookbook for it. There is. You can get it on Amazon. Christmas tree. It came out a couple of years ago. Much crunchy at this point. Mm -hmm. My real tree is crunchy. So is it just going to disintegrate? And and what kind of taste? I I don't want to taste tree. Why not? I don't know. It's delicious. It's healthy. Well, it's that good. Delicious. It's culinary ash. Whatever. If it's that good, I'm just going to go break a branch off, and that's my afternoon snack.